0: It's in the same spot for me, so I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, well, yeah. Dude got engaged and everything changed. Yeah, I
1: know. You get engaged and your brain goes to <"S-> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Buddy, my brain was well
2: before I met,
1: <laughs> I met her.
0: Dude, I feel bad. I actually, I ghosted Connor in Vegas, not ghosted him, but like I was busy, didn't get to a video that we are supposed to do for ODI. Oh, uh, sure to- nice. totally did not get to that. So what I'm I'm sort of guessing though,
2: that you probably didn't have like a slacking weekend though. I'm guessing it was kind of busy I mean, for you. I,
0: I was just sitting around there for a while, you know,
1: kind of a historic, I campaign. had like,
0: I had like 15 minutes to
1: myself and I, I should have been on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our our first three races have broken all records
0: god that just in typical
2: aba fashion it goes completely against what the
0: rest of the world is experiencing yeah which is a great biggest, biggest season opener and just all around national ever in <sighs> vegas biggest florida state series race and now okay. biggest race in virginia Yep, and record about no pressure, no Tony. Sleep first for adjustable. Adjustable.
2: I know, man. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm creating. I'm, yeah. It's, it's good. No, I, it, it's, I'm taking the red eye over tomorrow night, so I get there early Thursday morning. It was cheaper, but I just sort of thought, just even having the spare, you know, few hours there just eases everything. It's like, oh, what if the what ifs, right? You know what I mean? Like, oh, what if, like,
1: oh, I, I have time for that,
2: you know my
1: timer sporadically just to call you.
2: You should, yeah. Every twelve point seven minutes.
1: Hey, man, did that one guy get hold of you?
0: Yeah, yeah, that. Hey,
2: the uh,
1: speaker's not working.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I. So I just realized that that park is the same one that Scotty and their crew would all go to in their YouTube days. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I remember watching those videos constantly. Sorry, we got an important guy joining in, so we should probably change the topic. What?
2: Yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone.
0: Were you guys
1: everyone. talking some smack? That's exactly <laughs> what we were doing. <laughs> no, we we're making fun of Tony, you know, the fact that he's engaged.
3: Hey, <laughs> I, I, uh, I accidentally found that out at the Anaheim Supercross. I, uh, I saw, I ran into him and his lady, and I saw the ring, and I, I looked at him. I'm like, what, what and he's like, "Don't tell anybody, don't <laughs> tell anybody." And then two weeks later, it's on Instagram.
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah. well no i just figured i had to because now it's like you know anyway it doesn't matter so wait Wait, this was two weeks ago no i actually proposed on uh christmas
1: i was longer than that christ tony (laughs) yeah and And the and the whole supercross story connor went like oh there were these girls behind us and they were so drunk and i had to leave it no 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 no,
2: (laughs) that was san diego that was san diego that was whatever a a week or two after um Uh anaheim that that Connor was too bougie to make it out to that one. So, Connor, just real quick, I want to let you know that this uh podcast is being presented by Fernandez Laxatives. Uh, you you're stopped up, you come work for Shane Fernandez and he'll get that diarrhea flowing.
1: Okay. So,
2: anyway, that is our sponsor for this one.
1: Hell I've got, him a, little, a I've got him a little stressed out, Connor, in the first part of 2023. So, you know.
3: <laughs> hell of a read, Tony. Hell of a read. Also, <laughs> hi Justin,
1: hi Shane. What's, What's going on, on,
3: on Connor? <laughs> We just we skipped pleasantries and went straight to diarrhea. <laughs>
2: it's the ABA way.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> then comes divorce. But other than that, everything's fine. Uh no, uh, actually, on, a, on a on a serious note, we'll we'll actually start it. Uh, so we're we've been trying to make this happen for a while, Connor. Yeah. When was the first time we asked you? And you've been turning this okay, down well, because the issue you're was the first so time you did the first busy, time you so did ask me all the time.
3: The first time you said like 24 hours before you're like, Hey, you're doing this tomorrow. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm busy tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? You're yeah,
1: busy? There's this uh, org- organizational thing on his, uh, you know, annual performance evaluation. We're going to talk about, <laughs> uh, <I've> already, <laughs> sir, sir. I've already addressed it. I've got the <laughs> second
2: screen now. You don't even, you can just, if you can redline that one, I'd really appreciate it. You'd help my, <laughs> yeah, you'd help my Pepto-Bismol budget.
1: Well, Connor, in all seriousness though, I mean, like from grand, I mean, before grands, you were busy. <laughs> I mean, and then after grands, I know you were you were busy too. I mean, the guys were talking about, you know, your, your bike was in my office for a while. And I actually I was kind of hopeful. I was like, I think he's giving it to me. I was like, I think I get to keep this. He did, he did ask like,
2: three times. You asked yeah, and three times. Like,
1: he's been so busy he hasn't even told us where to ship it yet. So <laughs> Not uh, seriously, like you know what? What have what have you been been up to? I mean, since we we've last seen you.
3: A lot, but it's all good stuff. Um, I don't do a good job sitting still, so lots of good stuff happening. Um, I'm speaking for Colorado Mesa University um, in Grand Junction uh, next week, next Friday. I'm going down there to speak at their annual event. Speaking for a local business as well on Monday next week, uh, which would be cool. Obviously everything with Christian um, and everything going on there, which has been exciting, but also stressful because it hasn't gone perfect exactly how we would all want it. Um, You know, things with the grips, the, um, and, you know, a a quick shout out to Justin for the help with that. We had over 60 applications for the program that we're running, which is cool. cool. Um, so I'm currently trying to craft a letdown email to the 50 people we didn't pick, which is, uh, you know, I don't want them to like hate me for not picking them. Um, and I can't be like, hey, you're not good enough. You're out. But I got to figure out how to like <laughs> nicely say, you know, say that. So that's been fun. Um, I broke my wrist snowboarding on December 31st, which oh, wasn't there. so fun. Um, luckily, it was very mild. And, you know, another week or two, it should be fine. It was just very minor. Um, but I did get last year's deductible, which was cool. Um, Solid. Yeah, December 31st. Yeah. I was smart on that one. And I was still, that was my final day on Olympic team insurance. So I was fully oh. covered. Oh, there, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So if you're going to do it, do it that day. But that in that
0: final cool. bit of luck in 2020. He was, for, he's like, you yeah, know, if, I, for, yeah.
2: if I'm going to go for this double aerial, yeah, super body <laughs> slam, I'm going to do it on December
3: 31st. <laughs> I wish it was that cool. I just tipped over. Oh, yeah yep but no all all good stuff been going on um safe to say that you've been
2: busier as a retired athlete than a pro athlete eh,
3: yes and no I mean it's just like what I'm doing is different um when I was competing I was like in college so it was basically training schoolwork uh and then all the you know little bits and pieces that go along with you know booking travel and invoicing like all the things that you have to do when you're when you're racing but now i just get to do like more like a more diverse group of things like i you know one morning i'm doing something over here and then the afternoon i'm doing something completely different which is fun and cool i still train or work out like almost every day trying not to get to tulsa 20 um i don't live there but trying to avoid it
2: tulsa 20 (laughs) shane (laughs)
1: yeah. <laughs> it's, it's also 40 <laughs> when, when you get when you get oh, past 30 man don't you know, i know so, it. Oh, yeah, man. No, but connor i think you know it, with the momentum of your speaking gigs going back to invoicing and travel i mean i think that i think that's just going to pick up more and more
3: I, I, I yeah, in, a weird,
1: in a weird way though i actually like
3: oh and then i guess i forgot to mention like i train a couple of athletes and um you know i've been on both sides of this but when you're, when you're the athlete, you think that the coach, like, has nothing going on in their life except for coaching you, right? And I actually think it would be really helpful for all these athletes to, like, be on the other side because then maybe they would appreciate and respect their coach's time and organize, be more than more organized. But, yeah, you get a call at all hours, and it's the end of the world if something's going wrong or, you know, whatever's going on. So, But then, you know, I can't be like, dude, you had one bad day. Like, you'll be all right. It doesn't f- I can't say that, like, you gotta,
1: you know,
3: Yeah. are out, but... Well, so we I, could do, like, know. you
1: could do your own, like, reality show, where, what, what was that show, Tony, back in the day, like, Scared Straight, where they'd send all the kids to...
3: Oh, to- the prison. <laughs> but,
1: well, yeah, where you why could do, do you, it, like... They, why they do you ask me that? See- yeah, they have to see the side like of a coach, right?
2: <laughs> you, you didn't ask Justin that. You didn't ask Connor that. We are all like watching the same type of TVs.
3: <laughs> well no, you're <laughs> the only one who was actually sent to the prison Tony. <laughs> oh my
2: <God>. apparently. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> Jesus. It's like, hey Tony, what was that? Uh that new hey, man, you're the
1: one with the tattoo on your back, your lower uh, back. Tram stamp, right. tram <laughs> stamp.
2: We all have those 90s <laughs> mistakes.
3: Say, speak for yourself. I was I was only <laughs> seven years old in nineteen ninety nine. I didn't make many mistakes. Well, I was three, so yeah. <laughs> Me and Justin have no nineties mistakes. We're clear, man. <laughs>
0: oh, shame, shame, I know. Shane, I was the nineties mistake. Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, that hey, good. before we before we get into this, Justin, I was actually thinking about this like uh, yesterday, and uh, I figured I'd just talk to you today instead of Well,
2: A- A- FYI, we are into it
3: oh is this a podcast yeah yeah oh, i have no idea no let's go go <laughs> ahead
1: we're totally informal
3: i'm now now i'm racking my brain like did i say anything i shouldn't have said oh, only one thing uh, just chop that, it up chop so it up <laughs> yeah. don't, don't worry about it um anyway justin what i was going to say to you is uh i was thinking about this yesterday do you want me to write uh like a pre-pro series article like it's so like a preview
0: absolutely that's on that's on a list for this friday for the um week before cool um yeah i love that sweet why don't you toss in a list of names that are on that Connor Fields uh experience or Connor Fields program
3: it's the cash for podiums program that one yeah, yeah. it's a double entendre though with the cfp it's the whole thing like the cf grips it's the carbon fiber grip but it also is the Connor Fields. One. so it, it, you
1: oh, yeah. there you go
0: Oh, wow all there's man. too many acronyms nowadays with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, but no, no, be fun. I'm really
3: excited <laughs> I'm really excited for that um I think it, I, I think it'll be really cool I mean I just think back to when I was a kid and I'd have been so happy if like Bubba Harris or um Randy Stumphauser or Kyle Bennett or something was like allowing me to be part of their program and then, and then yeah. paying me on top of that on my <laughs> on my email that I sent to all the the writers um I said come take my money so that was kind of yeah. fun
2: have they have they been notified yet or no
3: um i've notified uh so the hardest part was that we only had 10 spots and i had to um go through four different classes you know u23 men and women and junior men and women so there's i wish i could take everybody on but i mean i can only (laughs) take so many and so you know go through all the classes. It can only take a couple on each class, but um it'll be cool. We've notified a handful of them and then today's actually the final day for applications. Oh, so okay. we didn't want to do everything until after today just in case we got a last minute application. That, that's and rad. that's part of
1: the that's part of that life lesson though too, right? On the athletic side, right? So that you're they're all you're all buying for a, a limited number of, of spots. Right. But I mean they're they're all going for it, right? And we all, can get into, all, into
3: yeah. we can get into this, you know, deeper if you want, but it's that whole uh participation trophy generation. It's you know, part of sports is you're gonna lose sometimes. Yeah, there's a winner and there's a loser. And it's okay if you lose. You just figure out what you did wrong and how to get better. Um but you know, somebody's you somebody's gotta win. And that means yep. that somebody's gotta lose.
2: Yep. Yep, I agree. I you know, one thing I, I like is that um post post racing career, I guess, or competition or, or whatever you're saying is the fact that you're kind of coming up with these really kind of creative ways to, I'm not even saying stay involved, but you're, you're, you're giving back, but it really shows your passion for the sport and, and things like that. And I don't know how to, what I'm even trying to say without kissing your, your butt and saying it, but you, you know, these sort of things aren't really common in our sport. Right. So it's, it's kind of cool. Like what, what I mean, besides passion, what sort of drives what sort of drives that, you know? Cause it's kind of unheard of people, people retire, Then they're like, I'm done. Whereas you've retired and you're like, all right, now I start giving back. We're like, wait, what?
3: No, I'm asking Justin <laughs> if I can do work for him. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome. What Love happened? <laughs> what happened?
3: I think it's a, uh, it's a couple things. So I think first off, like I started off, like as a kid, I was the biggest BMX fan. Like I watched every props and transit DVD um, you know, until the, the discs were burned out. Like I loved BMX. I was the biggest fan. I mean, I had every magazine since the time I started in 1999. I, I just shipped that big box to Gork. I mean, I had crates of magazines. Um, yeah. But then when I when I turned pro, you almost have to stop being a fan in a sense. And you have to kind of put the blinders on and just focus on yourself and the task at hand. And so it it does kind of... I don't want to say makes you love the sport less because it doesn't make you love it any less, but it makes you just, you, you live in this little bubble of your squats, your sprints, your gates, and you're trying to win. And, and I'm, I'm extremely competitive. And for me, I always looked at things like if I'm doing this, I'm not doing this to get third, Like I'm, I'm here to win. Um, and so I, I almost couldn't be a fan. Like I didn't watch any of the other riders I, I had trouble being super friendly with the other writers. Not that I didn't like them or didn't have respect for them, but, you know, I'm about to try to take your job and take your money and, and put you over a turn. Like, I don't want to hang out with you. Like, you know, and some people can get are okay with that. And I just couldn't, I, I was like either on or off in that regard, but now that I'm done and I'm not competing anymore, now I can go back to being a fan. And now I watch these riders, and I'm I can allow myself to be impressed and think to myself, okay. So as an example, for the past decade, I've been head to head battling Joris. Every race, like you know, there's other people be in the mix, but for a decade, it it oftentimes came down to me versus Joris, and I could never allow myself to be like, damn, he is so smooth, you know. But now that I'm done, I can watch him and be be impressed and be like, (laughs) enjoy watching him ride and allow myself to to say like how impressive he is and how skilled he is in these regards, Um, which is kind of fun to be able to do that again. And then I watch these kids and, you know, it's a natural progression of any sport. The next generation always comes in and I watch these kids and the things that they do. And I just think to myself, like, first off, why? And second off, how? (laughs) So I get to enjoy the sport now from a different perspective, which is fun. And then I'm also very passionate about business. I mean, I have a business degree and um, I love marketing and and learning about that side of it. So it's been fun to kind of discover, discover my lifelong passion from a completely different perspective.
1: I enjoyed, I think one of my favorite experiences at Grand's this year was just standing on the sidelines during pro practice and like listening to you just talk, right? You were just like, Hey, you know, so here's what's going through this person's mind and and the, I forgot who it was. Uh, this kid <laughs> ate Eggos <laughs> with syrup, so he's going to bonk. Right? So, I mean, you had such great commentary and perspective that, you know, us as, as we're running events, um, you know, I, I just don't typically hear. Right? So, and then going back to what Tony said, and I, and I said this, you know, not only at the, the Taco Tuesday event you did, see, but when we, we handed your, your uh, achievement award <clears throat> on that stage, one of the things I really appreciate about what you've done is exactly what Tony's mentioning you, you, you've hit the pinnacle of the sport, um, but you're giving back. You're you're constantly reaching out, not as a competitor, but like what are the things that need to be on our radar to to create the legacy, like five, 10 years from now that maybe we're not seeing because you know we're we're in a we're looking at it from a perspective. Um, and yeah, man, and now you're on the other end and you're you're still going at it. So I I appreciate that.
3: Yeah. Thanks. Well, um, I guess I. You know, on one on one hand, I think about it sometimes, and it's like there's very few people that have 23 years of experience at anything, right? And yeah. it's like when you've got that much experience at all perspectives, from being the beginner, being an amateur, being a pro, being in the Olympics, like doing the full range and variety, it's almost a waste if you don't give some of that back. And there's different ways to do it, whether it's coaching, whether it's, you know, sitting down with employees of USA BMX and talking about how to make the pro series better. You know, things like that that I enjoy. And it's like not saying I have all the answers because I certainly don't, but I can at least offer, you know, 23 years of experience, which uh what a waste if that just you know exits stage left and, and doesn't give anything back. Yeah, no, I
1: appreciate I appreciate you very much. Like <clears throat> Cody reached out and said you guys had a good visit during Vegas and which was awesome to hear. Yeah, we because solved
3: that- all the problems. So basically <laughs> everything's gonna be fixed yeah. moving that, forward. That,
1: that trip yeah. that trickles into everything we do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, another good talk we had in Vegas was um about your program that you're running, your hard decision of do I want people that I think will excel in the future or do I want people that will win and get on the podium every single time this next year? Did what did you go towards as you're picking people right now?
3: Yeah, well basically like the number one thing is that if I'm going to be essentially sponsoring somebody um, I just, I want them to be a good person and a good representative of the brand and and, and the product, but the product is my product. So if they're essentially like an arm of me out there. And I don't care how fast somebody is. I don't care how good somebody is. If they're a jerk, I don't really want anything to do with them. Um, so there are, you know, they're, they're, the first and foremost consideration was, are you a good person? And, um, I did my my due diligence, my homework, and I called some people and I said, "Hey, you know, what do you think about this person? Are they a nice person? Are they a good representative?" And um, the good news was, I didn't really get anybody who people were like, "Oh, he's a jerk," like I got, or "She's a jerk," <laughs> or whatever. I got a lot of really good feedback, so that made me feel better. But that's first and foremost. That's number one. And then from there, um, you know, I, I I want a chance to to give back, and, and I want a chance to um, support the next group of olympic hopefuls and pros and when i sent them um, their introductory email you know i explained that part of being a professional athlete is the business side it's not as simple as it was in the 90s when you just go and race and that's it you know there is more to it now and you know we don't ask for much all i'm asking for is if you're on the podium you post a picture of you on the podium on social media like not a huge ask at all Um, But I'm explaining to them that when you get to the professional class, uh, many sponsors have social media requirements. And I was in that weird time where my first pro contract had no mention of social media because we were still on MySpace, you know, all the way till till now with, you know, my current Mm -hmm. contracts with Monster and Chase and things like that. There are social media requirements. And if you don't meet them, you can get fired Um, as well as, you know, we were just talking about invoicing they have to invoice me to get their bonuses and, you know, explaining to them how that works. And then, and I explained to them, look, every time I land on a podium, I'd have to invoice chase and monster and GoPro and it's tedious and it, it's a bit of work, but at the end of the day beats a desk job. So, you know, I to explain to them a little bit of this. So hopefully when they get to that next level that they're on their way to now, they have a little bit more um, knowledge and, and know-how to be a pro.
1: That's cool. <clears throat> lessons, man. That, that yeah. that's that's amazing to hear. It is. I've always appreciated that approach too. I mean, where people take a look at the character and the integrity of, of who they're hiring and who's representing their brand. Um, skill, I mean, skill is natural to a level, it could be taught too, right? But man, your your, your reputation and, and the face you put out there is that that's another thing. So that, that's uh that, that's admirable. And then,
3: and then as well like I also did a little bit of it with people who I think deserve it or need a little help so for example like I have a, a special side deal with Ryan Tugas um who I've known since he was like nine years old um awesome kid super nice you know and he's from Canada and unfortunately it's it's pricey it's hard for a Canadian to come to all the USA BMX rounds and to try to you know chase the Olympic dream and the and the pro BMX or dream it's not easy coming from up north and they don't have an abundance of resources for their BMX team up there. So, you know, he's somebody who's, I think, has got some talent and he's a good person. And I think he deserves a little bit of help. And that's somebody who I have no problem, you know, giving a little bit of extra help to because he deserves it. And I, I feel better doing that than helping out a kid who might be a little faster, or a little more talented, but he's not thankful and he doesn't deserve it. <clears throat> yeah.
2: This is, it's so interesting. Like, yeah, I mean, Justin and Shane, do you, or I mean, even you, Connor, is this, is this something that's ever really even been done before? Like in regards to a pro, again, I'm not trying to harp on it, but I'm just, as you're talking, I'm trying to process and I'm going, okay, who are the people? Like some people kind of come in and they do some clinics and then they're, they burn out or whatever. But I mean, Justin,
0: I think the, the big standard standout is how immediate it is. You know, some pros, you know, they take they take those couple of years to decompress from being an athlete. They focus on, you know, whatever they're going to focus on. And then they come back as like a team manager or brand representative or anything right. like that. Right. I think it just shows Connor, it shows your true passion for the sport of you got injured, you're covered. And then once you, you know, announce your retirement, you went right to how can I help? What can I do to continue being a fan, but being in that BMX industry side of it? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that comes from, you know, just me personally looking into what you've done is it's that passion that you have with Chase and ODI and all these partnerships that you've you've cultivated over the years. So, okay, they supported me. How can I support them and the next stage? So, wow, well, it's awesome.
1: Thanks. Yeah, we had, we were just having a conversation about the the definition of legacy, right? And it's, I think you can, most people take a look at, it's easy to go to your past, right? So you're like, okay, I've left a legacy because this is what I achieved. L- legacy also means future, right? So I think, Connor, one of the things that really stands out um, is that, yeah, in the past, you've created, as Justin said, immediately shifting gears. I mean, even before you announced your retirement, I mean, some of the conversations you and I have had about your direction, your vision of what you wanted to do and how you wanted to help the sport. And even while you were racing before Tokyo, conversations we had of your proactiveness in terms of the bigger picture outside of the the trajectory of your career that's the legacy in terms of the future right so um yeah it's um that's certain certainly um high up in terms of just affecting positive change for the sport
3: thanks I, i appreciate that i mean it feels it feels good um to give back and help and you know like i said when you're being an athlete you almost have to be selfish to an extent like selfish with your time and selfish with where you put your focus and where you put your energy because you're trying to achieve a specific goal. Um, And now that I no longer have to do that, it's a lot of fun. Like I, I, a lot of people hate doing clinics. I love clinics, but more even more specifically, I love beginner clinics. Like I love when you're teaching those kids how to balance in the gate or get their wheels off the ground for the first time. Don't get me wrong. I love doing the high end stuff too. You know, like trying to get, you know, Nick Adams onto the U.S. national team this year is a big goal. Like, that's exciting. That's fun. That's big picture stuff. Um, getting him or, or Joey Lito on that short list for the Olympics, you know, that final eight guys who are, have a shot to go. Like, that's exciting. But to be honest, I like teaching the, the beginners almost a little bit more. Yeah, that's They're just stoked to be there. They're that's just so right. happy. They're loving yeah. life. They don't care. But you know you get you get to the high level, and if their time is off by point oh three, then they're just salty, you know.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and these new kids also have no clue who Connor Fields is. They're like, yeah. "What have you
3: done, guy? Like, <laughs> yeah. Why like, are you telling me how to balance? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Exactly.
3: Exactly. Every now and then I got to jump in the gate and uh, and remind them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly.
2: <laughs> hey, I had I had kind of a question, kind of getting away from BMX for a second, and for those who don't know you were pretty instrumental in getting um a former bmxer but current motocross star christian craig kind of redirected maybe on a on a mental coach side but i think you know which is something you have a, a bunch of experience that I, I totally understand that on your but you also played agent as well with him with 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 a good friend of yours and it's something that you're sort of feeling out from my understanding going in how are you is that something that you're you know, you feel a passion drawing you to are you gonna add a couple of more riders to maybe that kind of part of life, or or, or is one rider enough? Like, cause I don't know anything about that. Right? So you don't like, know
1: anything about that, and you used to live with Lasky.
2: Well, yeah, well, no, that
1: was yeah, that's <laughs> I'm when, so glad you said that because I was sitting funny. there going, Did you just I, not how pay how attention? How did that just come out of his mouth? No, did you no, not no, no, pay no, no. attention? No, listen. Listen,
2: I <laughs> Lusky Lusky taught me all the bad stuff first and foremost, okay <laughs> uh, but n- number two, no, like I've hung around with a lot of agents um I, but what i what I've never been is an agent, okay? Yeah. I've been a team manager, I've dealt with agents, but you know what i mean i've I've always kind of been on the bad side because I've always been part of a brand. and as a brand, you're always fighting with an agent. you know what I mean very, very, not very often are you like, Everything is rosy and amazing because there's another brand, especially if you have a high profile rider, you have another brand that's trying to encroach on your, you know, spot or whatever, or your, your, your marketing sort of footprint on that athlete. So I don't know how much time every single day it takes and how much battling and how much communication, and do you have time to do, and are you interested in it? Are you going to add more or? Not really. So, I'm
3: gonna, I have to, I'm gonna have to be long winded on this because you asked me about 12 questions there. He um, did. He,
1: I, I, Tone, sorry, Tony, Tony fashion. That was That's like it. a five minute question.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, going, I'm gonna to, I'll go back in time. So, when I was maybe 23, 24, I uh, I started kind of um, getting Brad Lusky, who was my agent, um, I started kind of teeing him up, saying, like, hey, I wanna be an agent one day. I wanna be an agent one day. And he was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. All right, all right. Um, and for you know a bit of backstory, Tony used to live with Brad. If you guys didn't know this, um, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> which is why I was like, "How the heck do you not know anything about being an agent?" He's been an agent since 1999, I think. Um, I didn't realize it, but growing up, I was almost um, kind of raised to be ready for this. My mom is an attorney, and my dad was in marketing. So I, growing up, my parents made me read my contracts. They made me honor my contracts. Like my dad made me understand the marketing side of it, uh, which I'm very thankful for now. And it's helped me, you know, have great relationships with the the, the sponsors I had. Like thinking back to when I was competing, like there was a time when I was sponsored by GoPro, Monster, Ralph Lauren, Chase Bicycles, like this amazing list of companies um, all at the same time, which, which is really, really special to me. Um, but as I, I got towards the end of college, I called Brad and I said, "Hey, I need an internship before I can graduate. It's going to be really hard for me to do like a traditional internship. Um, but this is thankfully in 2020 due to COVID, you could do a remote internship. So I asked him. I said, "Hey, can I, you know, intern for you? You know, and you could have me just do your busy work or you know whatever you want me to do. So I started doing some work with him for my internship." And, you know, learning things like redlining agreements, making sure athletes were following through on their end and reminding them if they weren't, um, invoicing sponsors, you know, just different things like that that go in behind the scenes, Um, which was really fun and really interesting. And then when I finished, he said, hey, you, you were really good at this, you know, would you like to come on and be kind of my assistant slash, you know, intern full time? Um, and it's not a full-time job, but he's like, just kind of you know be there to help me out as I need it. And I said, yeah, like I, I, enjoyed it. It's something I'd definitely be interested in doing in the future. Um, so let's do it. And so at that point in time, I'd been working with Christian on a totally different end for three, four years. And I'd known him since we were kids. Cause he used to race BMX and, um, Christian's got three kids and he's like, dude, I can't do, I can't do my job of racing, race three kids and be making phone calls trying to put together deals and negotiate things. Like, I know you're doing this. Can you help me out? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm happy to help you out. But also like for a first time client, it's a little bit scary because it's like, yep, yeah, give me a 450 deal. I don't want a 250 and I won't accept it. <laughs> and I was like, Oh boy. So man, I'm here. I'm here. Calling no pressure, no pressure here, at all. <laughs> I'm here calling Ian Harrison at KTM and Dan Fahey at Cowie and, and Bobby Reagan at star. And they're like, who is this guy? Like, thankfully you're not just in this arena, but the Olympic gold medals are pretty easy icebreaker. Like it gets you in the door and you can, people will listen to you, um, which was nice. Um, but and ended up putting together his deal with, um, with, Husky and Fox and everything for this year, which is really cool. And then as far as to answer your question about time, Tony, there's days where you're working hours on certain things, whether it's phone calls, emails, reading through a 45 page agreement, you know, whatever it may be. um, There's a lot of time, but then there's days where there's nothing, but you kind of always have to be on standby because if that phone rings and you got to go to work, you have to be ready and whatever it is, so as an example, um, he's not my, my client, but uh, I am good friends with uh, Swanepoel who's the trainer for team star made friends, made good friends with him when Christian was over there. And he had an athlete get hurt, called me and said, Hey, do you have a recommendation for a doctor? And I was like, yeah. So then, you know, I had to call the doctor, put everybody together and do the whole thing. So you kind of got to be on standby to start making the connections and doing things like that if it's needed. And then to answer your question on other clients. Um, so technically brad is their agent but i'm like his assistant right so i assist him on some other clients and then we he also has signed um <clears throat> felicia Stansel, isaac kennedy and a, a mountain biker who used to race pmx jordy scott who i help out with all their stuff as well so you know isaac and chase was a real easy one um for me That's to help awesome. with this together and then you know 100 percent goggles both isaac and felicia have deals with them now and you know, some more things like that. So, it's been fun. Um and it kind of combines like my two favorite things, which is business and sports. It's like the business of sports. So, you know, on competition day, you're you you all you don't do deals on race day. You just get to you know help as an athlete, you get to help them out on that side and 99% of agents were not athletes, so they don't know what it's like to put the helmet on. They don't know what it's like to deal with that pressure. They can think about it, but they don't know what it's like. So, it's nice to be able to you know, look someone in the eye and say, I understand what you're feeling. You'll be okay. And then you also know like, Hey, maybe we don't talk about money or deals on race day. And we, we just talk about racing. So
1: That's, you know, you you listen to Connor and you talk about the power of osmosis. He's he's like talking about, okay, I'm going to, I want an internship with Brad um, and your, and your mom is a lawyer, your dad's in marketing and all the things you absorbed as a kid. And now you're implementing it in life. And then you got Tony on the other end of the spectrum that lived with Brad. <laughs> and, and while Brad is creating his career, he's eating Lucky Charms and fish filet sandwiches. Right. And didn't Brad, absorb any of this. Right. Brad, Brad introduced me to Provolone cheese. <laughs> hey, so um no, that that that's amazing, man. So I saw that um, you know, I saw a Christians lining up at on the 450 side. And so are you at every race? I mean, how, how's that working?
3: No. So some agents will go to every race, but yeah. I mean, he's got a two-year deal with both of his uh, sponsors. So there's really no need for me to, you know, deals aren't getting done. Right. So yeah. I'll go yeah. to the ones that they're real close, like Anaheim's three hours away. Yep. And um, so I went to to those ones. Maybe I'll go to Phoenix. Um, but unless there's a specific reason for me to go, there's no need. There's no need for me to really be there.
1: Well, we're rooting for for him and you. Thanks, <laughs> so that's awesome.
3: But but I tell you last year though when we were trying to put everything together I was going to a few of the races and just going and checking in with the the different team yeah. managers and stuff and, um, well,
1: and a lot I mean, of pressure then, like yeah, even yeah. some of the stuff that as you were just just in your conversation now you know some of the things that you shared with me in terms of those sponsorship deals that that we needed to be aware of right and you know I won't get into all the specifics but you know you brought a lot of good case studies uh, you know, uh, two years ago where we you're like, Hey Shane, you know, just so you know, some of these sponsors were required to do A, B, and C. And if you guys just tweet some of these things at your events, we really could help promote this more because it it would look better. Right. And yeah. So, you know, I really appreciate that too because our, our team has taken a lot of those suggestions to heart. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What, so when you're going into these big, you know, semi level pits, um, you know these, from an outsider that has never been in those deals, walking up to um, any of those semi rigs with the big cover, all the bikes laid out. What what's going through your head when you walk through the first one? Like, I got to get Christian a four fifty deal. How the hell am I going to bring this up to the right person, or or what's that first connection, or or what's going through your head when you're doing that?
3: Well, luckily, just through uh, Brad. And, and Wasserman, there's other agents and and one specifically was super helpful and kind of gave me the roadmap of what to do. You know, at the end of the day, it really just comes down to the athlete. And this is the same for any sport, right? Whether it's Isaac getting the chase deal or Christian getting a factory deal, whatever it is. Um, if the athlete goes and does their job, it makes the agent's job easy. If the athlete doesn't perform, how are you going to sell them? You know, yeah. so there's some stuff that becomes out of your control a little bit, but luckily for me in that regard, last year, Christian crushed it. So it was, you know, it wasn't like I was walking in trying to say, Hey, sponsors dude getting 10, you know, it was like, <laughs> you put the, put the data down and you say, Hey, he hasn't lost a heat race all year. He was nine for nine, you know, and that's an easy way, easy way to, to kind of, you know, feel comfortable with that. But the other agents at Wasserman kind of helped me as far as this is what you do. This is who you talk to. They even made introductions, walked me over, um, you know, things like that, which was very helpful. And and at the end of the day, I think one thing I'm thankful for with BMX is I've learned how to talk to anybody, you know, whether it's a, a five-year-old at a clinic, a 50-year-old at a clinic, parents, sponsors, friends, family, fans, like you just learn how to talk to everybody. So in this instance, when you just go up and just start chit-chat with somebody and Then kind of what Tony was saying when he was saying that he was a brand manager and he was fighting with agents, um, you know, the way I approach it is the best deals are ones where people both leave the table feeling okay. Nobody feels amazing because if one person feels amazing, then the deal was probably somebody got fleeced. Um, Everybody's got the same goals. Everybody's trying to do the same thing. They're trying to do the best for their team. We're trying to make as much money as possible and get the best deal possible for the rider. And there's a happy medium somewhere in there. And that's kind of how I approach it. But it all comes down to leverage, which, you know, Shannon, I know you're on the business side of a lot of things. And it all comes down to leverage. If you've got all the leverage, you can kind of name your terms. But if you if you overplay your hand, it can backfire. So it's 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 teetering that line of getting as far up to that line as you can get without getting over. Um yeah. which is
1: you said something else too relationships right it's it's um, you know it's it's crazy how small the world is right you, you, oh, yeah. you, you totally. burn a bridge that, that that thing can come back 10 years from now but even if you have the leverage if you're working with a you know peer group or you're trying to help other people out if you can kind of you know get you know high, high tides raise all ships right if you if you can bring others along with you that it's like good karma right it, yeah. it just feeds upon each other so yeah totally
3: totally so it's uh yeah it's been fun and then the other thing i think i'm thankful for bmx that i've learned is you're going up for a main event oftentimes um internally i'd be freaking out but externally i'd look calm cool and collect because i don't want my competition to see me freaking out i want them to see me i'd be sitting there i would purposely be sitting there like looking almost bored right so that like the comp would look and be like damn he's not even nervous right (laughs) meanwhile in my mind i'm doing backflips, freaking out (laughs) right but it, it like it's a skill like anything you can develop so like you're sitting at this table having a conversation you know for you know dollar figures that you would never even dream of in BMX racing and in my mind i'm doing backflips, freaking out but externally i'm like yeah whatever yeah, yeah whatever <laughs> just like it's a race again so it's you're like
0: you're sitting you know, there no, there's there's two commas in this contract. Like, yeah, what, yeah. What
1: the hell? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's the poker face, right? Yeah. The yeah. Poke, poker face.
2: Hey, I had different. Go ahead, con, Go ahead. I was, I'm sorry. I was going to, I'm not trying to shift gears here, but I know we only have you for a certain amount of time and we're rolling up to 35 minutes right now. And we try and keep them around 45. But your, your social media, and I, this is probably something, Justin, I'm sorry for stealing this from you if I am, but your social media seems, uh, you know, pretty dialed and, and, uh, you know, entertaining. And then you've got some YouTube stuff and, and things like that. And then I kind of go back to your, your, uh, and forgive me. I don't know what it's, what your grip program is called, but you said something about, you know, you want good people, you don't want jerks and, and stuff like that. And, and I mean, just any sort of advice or, or what works for you in regards to social media, because it does matter now. It is in contracts now. I mean, even as employees out there, you know, if, if we think our bosses, Shane, aren't looking at, you know, our social media and just making sure, because we are like, as employees, we're an extension of the brand we work for. I mean, if you don't think you are, you're as high as a kite, that's dumb. You know what I mean? And, and for you having kind of, you know, you mentioned the GoPros and the monsters and the chases and the shimano's and all these multi gazillion dollar companies you're you're an extension of those right so maybe if you can just touch you know and i don't want to not too much time but if you can just touch on the do's and the don'ts or your suggestions or i don't know how we package it but it's so important
3: yeah well and, and like i mentioned earlier it's like i was in a weird age group where we went from nothing like i mean i had instagram when it was you'd post a photo of like a tree with some horrible filter, (laughs) like in the original Instagram days to where now it's like, you know, you're flexing on everybody with your selfies and stuff like that. Like it's completely changed. Um, So I I went through the whole phase, but what I tell, and I tell some of the athletes that I work with as well, you know, social media is a necessary evil now. Some people love it and they're naturally good at it. Barry Nobles comes to mind or, you know, certain people who just, they enjoy it. Um, But there's other people who don't. And they, they would rather not have. It. And there's, no, there, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion on it. But um, like you said, you are an extension of the brand. If uh, a company, you know, you can run an ODI hat. If ODI is paying you, part of what they're paying you for is access to your audience and what you have on social media. And it is um, quantifiable data of how many eyeballs get onto that product. You put a billboard on the side of the highway. You have no idea how many people actually looked at it. Put it on your Instagram. You can quantifiably look at it and say six thousand four hundred twenty-seven people looked at it, and this percent liked it or whatever it would be. Um, so it's part of the it's part of being a professional athlete, and you you can um, add value to all your deals and and your sponsors and things like that by being good on social media. And so what I tell the athletes I work with is, if you're not comfortable sharing in depth information and you're not comfortable going you know deeper just post a picture of you racing and say i had fun at the race today like you can keep it as vanilla as you want but just tick the boxes and do your thing but the people who are more open and kind of share a little bit more tend to do better on social because people want to see that they want to see behind closed doors they want to see what you're actually feeling what you're actually going through and so for me I, when it, the way i do it is i i kind of go somewhere in the middle where i don't want to share my whole life story and there's definitely things that i'd like to keep personal but i'm happy to you know admit when i'm struggling or celebrate the wins or whatever it may be um on on social but it's so cool now because you can just connect with anybody i get messages all the time from people from all over the world and they've got a question or they want to know this or you know It's good. Keep in touch with friends. Everybody sends each other memes. Tony sends me memes all the time. Like, it's great. You know, I think it's, it's fantastic. So um,
2: yeah. Speaking of keeping things private, let's, let's
0: keep that private. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you said, um, you know, things from all across the world with social media, something that's gone gone viral probably 12 times is that video of the sprint.
1: I mean, how many millions? I still see it. And I oh, yeah, every I still, couple months.
3: Uh, yep. You yep. don't never die. I mean, it was it was so unplanned too. That kid was my next door neighbor at the time, <laughs> oh. and I was in front of my house with Joy Bradford That's and John White doing sprints. And <laughs> the kid was just riding his bike, popping wheelies. He had a little freestyle. Maybe it was like a Ryan Nyquist edition bike or something like that. And he's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, we're doing sprint starts." And he's like, "Oh, let me try one." And we're like, "All right." Literally first sprint. Coach Sean grabs the camera and starts filming, and um, no one knew what was going to happen. He just was filming my sprints, which he was like, all right, I'll just film this kid's sprints, and uh, that happened, and kid went down, and he was okay, luckily, um, but yeah, that video goes around every few weeks, and I get tagged yeah. in it, and I end up running into the kid maybe six, seven years later. He was at the BMX track, um, and... He comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, you know who I am?" And I, I could tell I knew him. Like I recognized him, but I couldn't place it. And he's like, "Zane, your old neighbor." And I was like, "Dude, you <laughs> should have figured out size this."
1: Um, I'm so I, glad. He, I'm so glad he was okay because when you watch that video, you, you wonder. snarling right? <laughs> Yeah. Is this they the get one where the bucks. kid is like? I probably <laughs> own
3: <him. laughs> fifty bucks because ridiculousness gave me a hundred bucks to put it on ridiculousness, so I should okay. probably put it with him.
2: Uh, well, Zane if, if, Zane, if you're listening, let me know. I have his address. Uh, we can invoice <laughs> him. I'll take ten percent.
1: <laughs> hey, I got one last question for Connor, and it's quick. So, Connor, yeah, I saw—I uh, can't remember. I, I want to say around New Year's ish. You entered your first
3: enduro. How oh yeah. That, How was it? It was a lot of fun. um You know, at the end of the day, like you never stop being—I guess—the person that you were when you were an athlete, right? Just because yeah. I don't line up on top of the super cross ramp anymore and um and race doesn't mean i don't enjoy you know competing and and getting aggressive getting aggressive not with other riders but just with yourself and pushing yourself and and things like that so it was fun i trained for it for just two weeks three weeks i rode the course a couple times with some friends and and did it and um it was it was a blast it was exhausting i was completely smoked but it was it was a ton of fun um but I was laughing. There was a couple of things I was laughing at. One was that was the first race I had to pay an entry fee for in probably 15 years. And I was laughing at that. Yeah. Um and, like, and, you know, could
2: you imagine he's there? He's looking around going, wait, wait.
0: Where, where's, where's the Pete? Where's, where's
2: yeah Pete? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a second. Wait, is Shimano here? You yeah.
3: <laughs> he gave me a whole new appreciation for like, I mean, it was like 110 bucks or something. And I was like, dang, like that's expensive yes but back Thank i'm you. like i've raced all these races and i never paid for it like shout out to the sponsors um i did i also had to buy the mountain bike which you know, was the first bike i bought one time too so it was the same process there okay. so that was but, a ninety thousand
2: uh, dollar adventure
3: no it was a heck of a lot of fun i i'd love to do more of it i plan to do more of it um but at the same time i'm just there to have fun like yep. I got second or third or something, and I had a blast, and I could care less. And, you know, there are some people, like with any sport, there's some people taking it way too seriously for some weekend warriors. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. Just there to have a good time. I'm high and everybody. You know, end of the day, drink a beer, have a good time. And, and that was what I was there for. But Did I, you really, enjoy- I got all of the – competitiveness out. Like I did 15 years of high level competition, literally the highest level. Like that's part of when people ask like, Oh, are you going to race vet pro? And it's like, I have no desire to to do that. I did it for so long at the highest level. I'm good. Like I'll just ride for fun. Like there's no desire for me to go through the process of, of, you know, wanting to win again. I'm just, I'm not, I'll, I'll ride and have fun, but I'm, 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 I got you start thinking on.
1: that way a whole lot about a lot of things when you turn 50, right?
3: <laughs> hey, did you get, did you wear the enduro fanny
1: pack? Did you get one of those fanny pack things?
3: No, no. no I, uh, I, I had my, my fly racing kit on with my Shimano <laughs> stuff. Oh, on, you easy. Slow plugs, down.
2: Got
1: sponsor plug.
2: What was that movie? Yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: well, I the saw Reeboks. the
2: photos.
1: He was decked out, man. And I was knew he? those were all his he was, sponsors. He's probably <laughs> freaking best
2: dressed. People are going, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> He's the only yeah, dude there I with know, that There's
3: like that, that. That when you're a kid and you're in staging, you, you're racing at like a new track or something. Like, I remember every year as a kid, when I would go to the worlds, I would look at the bikes. You didn't know anybody, and you would like make a judgment on if they were going to be good or not based on their bike. And if they <laughs> had like all the best stuff, you'd be like, oh, that French kid must be good. But then it would be, you know, some other kid who had like a beat up bike who was so opposite. It's the opposite, <laughs> but it's probably the same thing at the enduro. They're like, "Dang, this guy's got a monster helmet and GoPro." Oh, they pick you it. out
0: so fast! Like this I guy know. has no clue what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that so so I get
2: is it so is it safe to say that no sport is going to bite you in your let's just say adult years, you know, or post career
0: uh, BMX career? What he's really asking is, is Derek Betcher going to get you to the road life? Like
2: no, that's never, Don't ever let that happen. I love Derek, <laughs> but don't ever let that I like racing
3: road bikes. But I, I don't want to have to go buy all new clothes because I shrink too much and get too small. Yeah, and you get the fins
2: too, <laughs> like your face starts getting all flabby and skinny. And no, but is there no like whether it be softball or football or is there no other <laughs> sport that's going to bite you? And you know what I mean? Triathlon, I maybe. Mean, like, I
3: mean, I can't, I mean, I'm, I'm only 30. You know, I'm, I'm only, no. I want to know
2: right now. I want to know right now.
3: I'm only 40 years younger than Shane, so I'm not. <laughs> I'm not um, I'm terrible So who knows? Maybe, maybe something so comes sensitive. up. Maybe, maybe something. Maybe something comes up. But as as of now, like, I just I'm enjoying it. I'm having so much fun, and like not to get too cheesy on this one, but like when you go through a near death experience, it truly like changes you to like appreciate every day as if it's going to be your last. And not that I'm out taking crazy risks. I'm not sending it in a half pipe on the snowboard or, you know, doing crazy mountain bike stuff that I don't think I can do, but I, I just want to enjoy it every day. You know? So I did do a, rec, a recreational softball league, snowboarding, mountain biking. Like I'll do anything. Um, I'll try anything once, but if something catches me and is something I really want to do, I'll do it if not for now, I'll just keep having fun doing what I'm doing. But, you know, like when I was competing, I, I, I gave everything that I had every day for so long. And I can sit back and truly just be satisfied because I did my best. I did everything I could. I don't have any real regrets of that. Um, but it was so much pressure and so much anxiety and so much going on that I'm I
2: don't, I don't miss that side of it at all. <clears throat> yeah. Well said. Definitely. Well said. Yep. Justin, do you have any, we have 43 minutes and 41 seconds. Do you have any last uh, questions for our guy?
0: Yeah. And, and it kind of goes back to the, uh, the CFP program of, you know, you've been on so many different teams and now, you know, heavily involved with chase um, and ODI, all your other sponsors. Do you think you'd ever come back as a team manager role, whether it's for Chase itself or your own team outside of that brand? Um, is that something that interests you? Um along with the the CFP thing? Is that gonna be kind of your are you gonna be a team manager role or are you gonna be a, hey, I'm the brand that's sponsoring you role?
3: I guess uh, starting off with the CFP thing, it's kind of in between. So I did, when I have invited the riders, I've said, hey, reach out if you have any questions, whether it's about racing or the business side of racing, like I want to be a resource for you. Um, So hopefully if any questions come up, they feel comfortable to to reach out and ask a question because I will answer them and give them, you know, my honest feedback and, and opinion um i i think it'd be fun to be a team manager again it would kind of combine like the things i enjoy which is the marketing and the business side as well as is the, the sports of it i think if i was a team manager it would almost be like a hybrid role of like team manager slash coach because if i am going to be the team manager and then i'm watching an athlete do a, what i believe to be a, a bad training program or the wrong training program or making silly decisions on race day that would bother me um and you know i I know myself and I know that I do not do well when I don't agree with what's going on, especially if I'm putting in the work on my end and then I feel like they're doing it wrong on their end. Um, so it would have to be kind of like a hybrid role. But yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to something like that. Um, but yeah, I guess, you know, keep an eye out and, we'll, and see what comes up. But I mean, I've been with Chase since the day that they named the brand. Um, I mean, I, I, I was one of five people who cast a vote what we were going to name it and it was three to two with chase being the eventual winner. Um, so, you know, for me to, to think about working with or representing another brand, it's, it's kind of, I don't really want to, like, I, I feel, I feel, I don't have any stake or ownership in chase, but I feel like I kind of helped build it to what it is today. And I'm, I'm proud of that. And I want to continue doing that and kind of tying back in what Shane said about legacy. Um, you know, I think that, that, Part of my legacy is tied in with Chase and vice versa, um, which I'm very, very thankful and proud of. That's awesome.
0: Could you imagine a Nick Long-Connerfield's TM battle for factory team? Like, that'd be amazing. That's what I want. That's my goal. It'd be funny
3: because it'd be like (laughs) different personalities. It'd almost be like different personalities would be perfect for each of us. Like some people (laughs) would in perfectly with him. And, and, and they might not fit with me, and there's nothing wrong with that. And the people that would, might fit with me and, and want to do things the way that I like to do things would not work with Nick. So <laughs> we'd be the perfect, like, yin and yang, you know, but we both – we've been around the sport forever. I grew up with Nick. Uh, we were teammates as kids all the way through multiple Olympics. Um, so he knows what he's doing as well. We just – we hit it from very different angles, which would be <laughs> kind of funny. Now we just and need
0: Brooke and, and, and Elise the, to find a brand, and then we're good. Yeah.
1: We're, we're in the presence of a, a epic team, legendary team manager, right here in, on the other, <laughs> Mister Tony D. Can you imagine Tony D on the race on the race side?
2: Dude, I was really good. I was really good. I swear to cow, I was an amazing. Ask Jamie. Ask Jamie. <laughs> just don't ask Jason Donnell, or actually a few others. <laughs> um, well, shoot, I think that's. Uh, I think that's an amazing podcast guys. Do you, uh, do you agree? I mean,
1: I, yeah, I
3: agree. We just, we're just going to have to go back to the beginning. Cause I thought we were off air. So I'm gonna make, I got to make sure I didn't say anything incriminating in the first couple of minutes. <laughs> well, you know, what's,
1: what's funny, Connor, with these is is the 10 minutes before our guest comes on. The amount of crap talking that goes on. We're yeah. just making fun of each other. Right. So uh, I uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, on another note i've got something for you uh you were we were swamped at grand's and and uh so at some point when our our schedules um collide this year um, it's
2: it's an invoice it's an invoice (laughs) he's got an invoice for you